0: Hello to our listeners and welcome to TNT ESQ along with my co-host Teresa Quinlan I'm Rhys Thomas we make up TNT for those of you who don't know TNT is our initials simple right Uh, we're here to explode the status quo this series is all about talking with people who are helping us to think differently so we can start doing differently Today's guest is Juliet Herman joining us live from New York. She transforms leaders and teams to high performing through behavioural consulting. She is a positioning strategy Jedi. She is a chief marketing and sales officer for of Fit Out Academy. When you work with Juliet, no stern goes unturned. Welcome, Juliet, to the show.
1: Thank you, Reese and Teresa.
0: So we always start with talking about your obsession, your passion in a good way anyone who knows you knows you're synonymous with two words fit out academy fitting out being yourself being different keeping it human being authentic these are all things that we all talk about they're all things that we're all trying to change in terms of leadership point of view but i want to know why it's so important to you how did you get to this place
1: well one thing i find really interesting is that human beings have a desperation to fit in there's a desperate desire to fit in because that's what we've been taught if we blend in then we are doing what we're supposed to be doing as human beings however i've never felt like i fit in so even at times when i was really popular really making a difference at work i really felt like i fit out and i spent a lifetime just fighting against that and the minute i let go of the resistance it is incredible how your life transforms in that moment and the differences that you start to see the people you start to attract So that is what I do with my clients, is that I teach them how to just be who they are. But first, that comes with an understanding of who they are, which truthfully, everyone thinks they know themselves, but they really don't. I think it takes someone else who's being candid and not competitive with you to really help you come to that definition of what authenticity is. Because truthfully, on social media, that is not, for most people, I'll pull back the curtain, that's not being authentic. That's being what you think will make you fit in. I love
2: this statement around working with someone who can not be competitive with you because that essence around fitting in can be related to one upping the other person or being exactly like them or suppressing parts of them that others they think might make them a little bit weird or too different or too unique My brain is kind of going in every which direction as I consider how often either maybe I attempted to belong by suppressing a part of my personality that maybe at one point someone gave a piece of feedback of, you know, you're a little too something, or maybe you should be a little bit more something. So how do you start that process of uncovering for people the importance and value of authenticity?
1: Well, the first thing is when you talk to someone, you really need to listen. Most people do not understand what listening is. Listening is not multitasking. I know we all think that we have so much to do that we have to multitask. The first thing is when you're speaking to someone, really listen to what they're saying. So it's like hearing the words between the words. You're really hearing what they're saying versus the actual words they're using. And then when you do that, you have a better understanding of where to go next. And again, everything I talk about applies to both personal as well as professional. Because again, we bring ourselves to work. Not I am Juliet Herman, employee ID number 12345.
0: So you talked about you need to understand who you are in yourself to be able to bring your full self to the workplace. Is there a particular tool like for instance reason and I work around emotional intelligence. Is this something that you typically use with, with a client or does it is it bespoke?
1: That's a really good question. So I use behavioral consulting. And what behavioral consulting is, is understanding who the person is at a very deep level. It's the same way you problem solve. You are problem solving a person. You are getting to the essence, to so the root of who they really are. So again, on the surface, most of us exist on the surface. On the surface, that's just 10%. And that's what we see. But it's at 90% below the surface, that's who we really are. So it's really understanding who are you. Those behaviors are formed by the time you're five years old on average. And that becomes the essence of your personality. It's very difficult to change. It's really a matter of monitoring it and noticing, okay, I'm slipping into that ingrained behavior. How is that behavior becoming a strength? But when it's a weakness, that's our kryptonite. So it's understanding what that is, so that during times of adversity, when our real behavior comes out.
2: I'd like to discuss this a little bit further. Under times of stress, that's when who you are really sort of comes to the surface. Is that entirely true? Is that sort of the double-edged sort of that's when the thoughts, the feelings, the history of what's holding you back comes to the surface, where skills that you don't have come to the surface. Is it really who you are or is it highlighting potential sort of
1: issues? It's actually both, it's a combination of the two. So it is highlighting what you need to learn because life is just a series of lessons. Everything that we do, everything that we say, every action we take is really revealing a new lesson that we have to Mm -hmm. learn. And that's just part of being human. So wonderful to us, see a new lesson come into play. At the same time, we are also revealing who we really are. So what we're doing with those lessons is we're learning to work within the essence of who we are. And every time we learn a lesson, that is actually just solidifying the strength of who we are and giving us a direction of where we need to go and the next lesson that we need to reveal. Did that answer your question?
2: It did. So it pictured in my mind like an iceberg when you said what we see of people is like the tip of the iceberg, but then the bulk of it is underneath the water. The whole intention isn't to like flip it over, but it's just to reveal
1: more of it. Exactly. Because it's that that deep part of us. That's what makes us exciting. That's Mm -hmm. where all of the difference comes. And that's Mm -hmm. where our peace and our joy comes as well because our peace and joy is not on the surface, because that is very temporal. When we figure out the essence of who we are, we are at least calmer when we go about our lives, and we are better at being ourselves. We're better at being the best version of ourselves every day.
0: You mentioned about the strengths, and so you mentioned about identifying the kryptonite. So correct me if I'm wrong, but Superman even himself never found a solution to, to deal with kryptonite. So how, how does Juliette uh, Herman uh, deal with these kryptonites here? If, if I'm your client, how do you fix me? How That's a really, re- I love re-
1: the way you re- phrase re- that, by the way. <laughs> so human beings are perfect, imperfectly, perfectly imperfect, excuse me. Um, so the goal is to figure out what those imperfections are and how you can work within them, such that they don't become kryptonite, whereas with Superman, he literally couldn't move. So it's realizing, up oh, my imperfections are coming out. What can I do? Having this knowledge, how can I move forward? So for example, if you are disorganized, um, during times that you may have figured out how to be successful, but during times of stress, that disorganization will result in shiny object syndrome. You'll just be hopping like a rabbit from one thing to another. And so it's really figuring out, okay, how can we help you get back on track such that you are you are zoning in on what is going to help you at this moment, and then making a prioritization list of what you need to get to later on, and what you just delay indefinitely, and what you delete. So it's really that it's the four D's: it's due, um, it is it is due, it is um, defer oh defer. Thank you. <laughs> That's okay. I got, I got you, Juliet. I yeah, got exactly. you. defer yeah. and delete. And it's really how do you work within that? because it's really, it's taking those big decisions that seem scary, but once you make those decisions, you are actually weakening the kryptonite's effect on you.
2: That's a really great concept for, I think, our listeners to be paying attention to. There's this element of self-awareness. So we and, and working with a coach or working with someone else sometimes helps to accelerate our capacity for being self-aware. They help to put up that mirror for us. They help to ask us questions and challenge things. They help give us specific exercises to do to say, hey, this week, watch yourself like a hawk in these particular kinds of situations. See what comes up time and time again. Because the acknowledgement or recognition of the triggers is then how we can start to work forward towards either proactively- uh, minimizing our exposure to them perhaps maybe we can remove them all together so that kryptonite doesn't appear at all or what we do is we learn then how to recognize when we're in it the the signals that we get when we're in it so then we can course correct while we're in it now does the fit out academy does the fit out acronym itself relate to this kind of work and it what does. is it it does okay what is it
1: Okay, so fit out has six pillars. Um, And the first pillar is freedom of expression. So that is really being your authentic self. It is expressing yourself everywhere you go. I mean, as I mentioned, we're all human beings. So take yourself to work. Don't ever, don't ever leave yourself at home. Always bring yourself to work because who the heck wants to remember, oh, how did I act yesterday? I mean, that's not who you really are. So just be yourself everywhere. If you make mistakes, that's fine. Just learn from them. And then the I stands for intuitive action. So what that means is you want to take action that is inspired by who you are and the situation at hand. So you are really taking targeted action versus acting haphazardly. And I am a huge believer in intuition and using intuition. Yes. I also agree. You should apply facts when, when they're applicable. Sometimes facts aren't available in an urgent situation. Sometimes you just got to go with your gut. And that is the best that you can do in the moment. And that, in, that intuitive action is way better than standing still because doing nothing is a decision. Um, and then the T stands for team synergy. Um, sometimes, you know, some of us who are entrepreneurs, we feel like we're a team of one. But in essence, we all have a virtual team we report to. Um, and it is finding out what that virtual team is and creating a synergistic environment with them. And the way you do that is identifying what the complementary skills are. Because we all have skills, we may even have some skills that are similar, but we all have some dominant skills and whatever those top two or three dominant skills are, that should be where we fit in on the team and do that with all of the other team members. So that would be team synergy. The O stands for outcome focused. I'm a huge believer, I'm very detailed. So I find that if I start with the detail, if I start with the inputs, I get lost. And I find that it is most efficacious to start with the outcome. What is that big goal that you want to achieve? And then once you know that, then you could come up with a strategic roadmap and take action that is inspired by that goal that you want to achieve. So that would be outcome focused. The next one is United Vision everyone needs to have a vision and share that vision. Be your vision evangelist. Tell it to so many people that you have vision ambassadors. Um, And have a united vision if you're working with that team. Everyone on the team needs to buy into that vision and live and breathe and speak it. Everyone needs to understand how to communicate it to each other and to do it through their actions and their work. And then the final T is trust in leadership you need to trust the leadership. It needs to be a symbiotic relationship. The leader needs to earn that trust. Just because you're a leader, you are not given trust. If you are, it is temporary, it will not last, and it's not real. So you need to earn the trust by empowering the team, by delegating to the team, by really just giving them trust. And then in turn, over time, the team will trust you back. So that's that symbiotic relationship. So it really works both ways, even though I call it trust and leadership. So when you reach all of, when you achieve all of those pillars, that is when you fit out. And again, on a personal level, because remember, you are bringing yourself to work, you need to honor all of those pillars as well. And when you reach all six of them, then you know you have a much better understanding of who you are. But in addition, none of these pillars are fixed. Nothing mm. in life is fixed. Everything is variable. Things get thrown, about, thrown at us. You know, the industry you're in can suddenly tank. And suddenly all of those clients you have can vaporize in a moment. So make sure you're constantly working on those pillars. Because remember, everything in business is cyclical, as, as are you. You need to be cyclical. You need to constantly work on that cycle like a machine.
0: So six really big ideas there and six ideas that I can see that you really personify where did that come from? It's a huge thing to have put together. I know you have a corporate background, I know you've been working in this field for many years, and I know you've had lots of clients. If I was your client, where do we start with this? You start at the top with F and work our way through. Tell us how you, how you go about it.
1: Well, the way I like to start with it is because I do behavioral consulting is really understanding, drawing a wheel of life. And I know sometimes business people originally say, I don't need that, I just need you to hire you for this. I said, no, no, because no. we really need to understand who you are, not who you are saying that you are to other people. So when you draw this real wheel of life, it's really prioritizing where you are in your life, defining where those problems are in your life. It's fascinating to me that people come to me for one area and I notice other areas and I'll identify it to them. I'll say, these are things that I'm noticing that you probably want to work on. Let's work collaboratively to figure out what is number one, most important right now. What are you willing to work on so that you could work towards transforming? And when I say transforming, everything is tied to being high-performing. It's being the best version of yourself, the best leader, and being the best team member. So that's where I always start. And then from there, when we prioritize, we figure out where to go next. And it's coming up with a schedule. So whilst I do believe in really working with people where they're at at the moment, I'm also very organized. And I feel that by teaching my clients how to be disciplined within that and have a conversation about it, we're able to get a lot more accomplished.
2: You have a model, and eventually everyone sort of fits within it anyways, because all of these areas you've identified are extremely important for an individual to be able to optimize themselves, but every person will have sort of a different definition of what optimization is to them. It reminds me of my 14-year-old son and the conversations my husband has with him around, it just doesn't look like you're really trying. It doesn't look like you're putting, like, it just kind of looks like you're floating. And, and then the conversations I have with my husband are like, you have to stop comparing him to what you think he's supposed to be because you see yourself in him as a reflection. My husband was a teenager. He's very similar to some of the things that my son will display right now. And he's like, you need to be a little bit more like, your mother she was like super driven super competitive wow. I'm like no 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 he does not need to be like that at all it's something that even internally as a parent i hold on to saying out loud because in this line of work you have to stop yourself from doing the comparative nature of this is what a leader looks like this is what an employee in this kind of team looks like this is what a person working at optimization looks like and instead as you called it, meet them where they're at, because this allows them to actually define, and the individual defines what it is that is their end goal. You don't define what it is. This is fitting out. If we're defining it already for them, then they have to fit the mold, and that's Absolutely. not what we're trying to do.
1: So it's really, I, I, thank you, that was really very eloquently put. So it's really pulling out of them what they need, And continuing to compare, not to other people, because I believe that's just a game of compare and despair. But it's Mm. comparing yourself to notice your progress. Because if someone is not noticing how they're progressing, then they cannot appreciate how far they've come, even in one session. It is extraordinary to me how when someone sort of turns over the reins by admitting that they have an issue and admitting that they need to work on it, it is extraordinary that amount of progress that literally comes in one session and then it just snowballs from there. It's really continuing to make them aware of how they are better than they were yesterday better than they were the day before and to your point about your husband it is fascinating how we forget that we were that person that we were that type a person or whatever it is that struggle so i also believe in sharing yourself i share pieces of myself with my clients my clients i don't have a strict business relationship because I, I mean, you can probably tell I'm a relationship person. So for me, I need to have a relationship. If I don't have a relationship, I don't care how much money you throw at me. I, I'm, I, it, it's like when I worked in the corporate world, in the long run, I won't be happy. And I'm looking to develop long-term relationships with my clients, not someone who, you know, one session, I'm in and out. That, that just doesn't work because I cannot help you become high-performing.
0: You mentioned behavioral consulting a few times. I mean, Teresa and I are probably a bit more familiar with that, but would, could you share a bit about the people who are listening who, who don't know, know, know what that means?
1: Sure. Well, there are millions of tests on the market, assessment tests. So everyone thinks they're a behavioral expert. I mean, whether it's career with Myers-Briggs, there's DISC, I mean, there's Enneagram, there's so many. I actually do a combination I have used tests and I'm not against them. I'm actually very much for them. Some of them, I should say. I think a lot of them, I don't know if they hold up their weight or if they are applicable. A lot of them just inform you. Great. So I am this type. I'm an extrovert. I am judgmental. Whatever it is. Well, what does that mean? How do I apply it? So for me, Mm -hmm. I take it that next step further. It is great. This is the information we have. Now let's apply it. Because if you don't apply it, then you've just taken a test for fun. I mean, there's really no value in everything I do. I want there to be value. And I also believe in sustainability. I want to teach my clients how to be so they don't need me anymore. Now, people would say that I am teaching them out of, out of a job, if you will. No, I'm actually not. Because to me, I'm strengthening the relationship. And because we are human beings, and because we are so, there's so much below the surface, there's always more to work on. To me, if you are really a good coach, you are literally teaching them to do it on their own, giving them their own toolkit, such that in that area, you're only needed occasionally or not at all, and then you can work on other areas. And that's what a good behavioral consultant does.
2: So we're talking about freedom of expression, intuitive action, team synergy, outcome focused, united vision, trusted leadership. Well, done. With, thank you all with the intention of showing up as the most authentic yes. version of your humanness as you possibly can and in leadership, then giving permission for others to show up yes. as their most authentic humanness that they possibly can. So one of the things that I found really interesting that you mentioned when you started to talk about the team synergy was The top two skills that each person is going to bring becomes their primary contribution within a team. Now, having led teams, it is really difficult to build a team where each person has two top skills that creates a team that is the whole of the role itself. How do you go about creating this within your work that you're doing with teams?
1: Well, okay, that's a good point. So first of all, I, I should say, identify what those those skills are, what the, your natural talents are as well, but they may not all be applicable. And, and you will find that there's overlap because again, mm-hmm. most teams, no matter how diverse they are, there are people who are really great at taking charge. I mean, there's usually multiple chiefs on a team. That, that's not mm-hmm. uncommon. So it's really figuring out what all of those other pieces are and then pooling them together and saying, well, for you, this role is most applicable. And then for this team member, this role is most applicable. You need to figure out what their role is. It's not necessarily a job spec or a predefined role. It is figuring out within what you have within the team, what you need. A good leader really understands how to be agile. Think about it, when you introduce new team members, they may be far better than someone who's been on the team for a year at certain areas, and that needs to be shuffled. But remember, everyone has, you know, we're all people. We all have a sense of pride, and we all think that we've done the greatest job, and we may have up until this point, but this new person may be better at this role. So make sure you are continuing to find ways for every team member to advance such that they don't feel like something was just taken away from them. You can't just throw a role at a team member. If you do, they won't buy into it. They may not understand it. And they won't be performing at their best. So if you really want to get peak performance from every team member, make sure it's a collaborative effort.
2: Yeah, and emotional intelligence, the four pillars are around authenticity, which is commanding esteem by being transparent, but also displaying fair and moral behavior. And then coaching. So how do we drive people's performance to be beyond even what they knew they were capable of doing? Insight is that communication capacity towards a vision, um, a purpose, gaining that buy-in, allowing people to sort of see we can exceed this goal based on how the leader communicates. And then innovation, the psychological safety of people knowing, look, your value, your worth, your contribution is always going to be recognized and capitalized and leveraged within this team environment even if it might need to shuffle, depending upon not just the people on the team, but also the project we might be working on. I like the, um, I like the synergy between what you're talking about and EQ, and I'm starting to see how the alchemy behind behavioral consulting and using the entirety of all of these sort of ways to assess individuals becomes really the pivot point for people to understand. It's not permission to say, well, that's just how I am, and sort of throw your hands up in the air. It's that true development of self-awareness.
1: I think the key word that you just mentioned is assess, because there there are different levels. It's number one is, are you really self-aware? Because no one is self-aware about everything, or I should say, it's rare. Um, You know, that every little piece, because again, there's so much depth to us as people, but it is assessing, it is understanding, it is questioning from the, from someone else, who do you see us as? What do you see in me? Um, And then when you get an assessment from a professional, from a coach or consultant, they are coming in as an unbiased person whose sole job and whose sole desire is to help you be your best. And so what that assessment is, is far greater than anything. That's why with an assessment test, I I think they're valuable, but then there's a certain limit where a human being does far better than any sort of computer can in in assessing the results, comparing you to everyone else. Uh, So the assessment is key in really understanding yourself and then knowing how to fit out at work. Because the one thing is when you fit out, It is being authentic but it is also using those skills that maybe scare you because they seem so different than everyone else Mm
2: -hmm. but
1: those incredible skills that is the light bulb moment that is the moment when to everyone else you shine you are able to do things that very few people can because when you actually stand out you are at your greatest potential and then in the team you are at your greatest potential within the team. And let's say there are six members on the team. Everyone is at their greatest potential. So when you put all six members together, the entire team has positive synergy. And positive synergy is being highly efficient, being just incredibly productive. So it's not just being positive and everyone being rah-rah. It is literally that equation of 1 plus 1 equal 10. Ooh.
0: Um, so, in terms of the, uh, the pillars, you talked about the freedom of expression. And then at the start, you talked about how people need, sometimes on social media, for example, people will try to purposefully fit out in the hope that they are fitting in and vice versa. So, how, how, do, how do our listeners sort of think about this and think, well, gosh, I love what Julia's telling me. I, I want to be that person. I want to fit out. But how do we draw the line between... Uh, perceived perception of what we are as as the fit out, when really all we're doing is trying to fit in.
1: Absolutely, that's a really good point. So one thing that's very trendy nowadays, in work even, is, is feigning positivity. So now if that's who you, I really am positive, but I am human, I have those other moments as well. But if you're not a positive person, that's okay. But remember, are you being negative? Are you being realistic? And when you lean on your realism, are you drawing down the team? So it's understanding how to fit out, still being yourself, maybe by being a realist, someone else on the team is coming up with ideas that are brilliant and innovative, but the team needs to solve a problem now. And those ideas in the long run are terrific. So as as you said earlier, Teresa, delay them. But figuring out as a team, how can you fit out? What ideas can you bring to the table that are actionable, that are realistic? And that way, that person who is a realist on the team has a tremendous value. Because maybe they are taking those dreamers, those those visionaries who are floating, and they are grabbing the string on the helium balloon and pulling it back down to the reality of the moment so that the team, again, is continuing to move to high-performing. So fitting out is also knowing when what you bring to the table, which parts of it are appropriate in the moment. So it's really having that deep understanding of who you are.
2: And as a team, knowing how to work together. So there's this tremendous power in authenticity of an individual and standing out and leveraging all of your strengths. And sort of being really proud of those things as well and knowing this is where I'm going to flourish. And at the same token, knowing, oh, this is not going to help me right now. As long as individuals continue their own personal growth, if we don't have the nugget that then has how does now the team who's growing as individuals learn how to work those things together, then we have workplaces that will still continue to struggle. Because that's an element of unless you are an entrepreneur and a standalone in your cubicle, you have to know how to capitalize on your own stuff watch the double-edged sword of that, and then how to work with other people and communicate with them when their double-edged sword is getting the best of them. Within your practice, when do you find your biggest aha moments happen with people when they're doing one-on-one or when they start to learn how to combine that as a team?
1: You know, the expression walk before you run. So mm-hmm. it's, it's in, initially it's one-on-one. It's getting that trust with me as a coach or consultant and a coach pulls it out of people. When I'm working one-on-one with someone, I'm also teaching them how to work with their leader or if they are their leader, how to work with the team members and then work with those team members one-on-one. And then it is a matter of doing it combined. You have to combine what your learnings are, what your understandings are because everyone communicates in a different way. So you need to ensure that everyone is understanding what each team member is doing Everyone has tremendous comprehension of what the leader is saying, because if we communicate and the other person is, is speaking in a way that we can understand, is literally speaking to someone in a foreign language, and the team cannot come together. You cannot have that synergy. So even if you feel that you are at your best, you may be doing great, but you are one sixth of that wheel of six people. And so the whole team will not do well. Everyone needs to play their part.
0: So at the start, you mentioned how important listening was. I can't help but notice that in your six pillars, albeit albeit that L is a difficult word to fit into any kind of acronym, it's not represented there. Is that something that, you know, everything combined comes from that listening piece, whether it's from the team, whether it's from the individual, whether it's from the leader, or is it just a case that L doesn't fit into the word fit out?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for pointing that out. Well, actually, no, L does not fit into fit out, but the listening piece fits into everything. In everything mm-hmm. you do, I am such a big believer in attentive listening. It is, it is frustrating to me because I've taught so many of my friends what it really means. Not all of them listen to me. And I do that with my clients as well. <laughs> attentive listening to me is one of the hardest things to teach because everyone thinks that they are listening attentively. Attentive listening is really what the three of us are doing. We are allowing each person to speak and hearing what they say. So it's not just listening- giving space, being politely silent while you wait for your turn to speak. It is actually comprehending what the person says. It is actually regurgitating back to the person, saying back, "You know, this is what I think I heard you say, are, are we in agreement? Because if you're not checking for that agreement and understanding throughout, you can get 10 points down the conversation and you're completely lost because you haven't checked for comprehension of point one, the basis of what you're talking about. For instance, with intuitive action, yes, you're listening to your instincts, but if you are not taking targeted action that is inspired by the rest of the team members, by any experience that you have, by any data, by any progress that's made, you're actually not listening to the team members. You're just thinking that you know it all, which no one does.
2: Hashtag not anymore. We cannot, no more blending in. We want to fit out. Yes. So Juliet, with everything that we've really talked about today, one of the things we love for our audience is to hear from our guest speaker, their recommendation of where do we start? What is one thing you would recommend our audience and our listeners can start doing today so that they can not just take what you've communicated and shared and start thinking differently but then also start doing something differently to achieve
1: this fit out sort of capacity. I think the most important thing that anyone can do is to be honest. I mean don't you don't have to tell anyone else. Just be honest with yourself that that you that you are flawed, that you have things that you need to work on. Sometimes it's pretty scary because you see things that you don't want to admit to. You see that messiness inside, whatever that may be, those areas where you need to work on, it's okay. Everyone has it. Even the most successful business people, they have at one point or another or continue to admit that they are not perfect. How are you leaving a legacy? Is your legacy just that you became number one in some industry? Or is your legacy that you made a lasting impact on that industry such that you showed that you are an empathic leader, that you showed that you are flawed, but that you worked on it, that you are able to teach people how to do that as well. So to me, that would be the biggest piece. Be honest with yourself and don't be ashamed of your flaws.
2: Spectacular. Thank you. Uh We know that people can get in touch with you on LinkedIn, Juliette Herman. You can also check out Juliet's website. Julietherman.fyi.to slash juliet herman and from there you will see a link that goes to the company page i, I believe from there you also maybe can get back to the linkedin and linkedin yeah. connects to your website so yep. if they want just one spot for sure go to one and you can find juliet and all the other information she has to share what's on the horizon for you juliet what do you have coming up that maybe our audience or listeners uh, might want to connect with you with or going to touch with you about
1: Well, one thing I am in the process of working on is a mastermind. Um, So really having a deep workshop so that I can, because to me, all of the knowledge that we have should be shared. And in addition, I'm actually doing workshops in person.
2: That is very exciting. I don't know any team that doesn't wanna be high performing. However, I do know lots of teams that aren't willing to do the work to fit out. So just take the leap to wanna do the work to fit out. Okay, thank you, that's wonderful. Are you ready for probably the most fun anyone ever has on a podcast? Always. Yeah. It's our rapid fire Q and a. We have 10. We have 10 statements with two choices. Interpret as suits you best. Juliet. Are you ready?
1: Should I be nervous?
2: No. Number one. Manager or leader? Leader. Leader. Number two, active or reactive?
1: Active, always.
2: Number three, black and white or gray?
1: Oh my, gray. i definitely say gray because nothing in life is truly black and white. See, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even call it gray, I'd call it color.
2: Beautiful. Four, optimist or realist?
1: Oh, definitely optimist. Number five, Canada or England? England's my second home in my heart. I lived in London for a very long time go Reese. Sorry, Teresa, Reese wins on this one. England, UK it is.
2: (laughs) Beautiful. Number
1: six, heart or head? Oh my gosh. It's a combination. I'm I'm sorry, you're going to get mad for me not taking a choice, but it's both. Because I think if you just lead from your head or you just lead from your heart, you are not making the right decisions. So if you just lead from your heart, you can miss out on learnings. And if you just lead from your head, you're just leading from logic and you're not putting your humanity in, in the equation. So really you need to do both. Nice. Number
2: seven, empathy or assertiveness?
1: Empathy, without a doubt.
2: Eight, mm-hmm. introvert or extrovert? Well,
1: I got to go with extrovert.
2: Nine, logical or emotional?
1: Again, I'd say it's both.
2: And 10, last but not least, innovation or process?
1: Oh, definitely innovation.
2: Beautiful. Thank you so much, Juliet, for joining us today and sharing your wisdom and experience
1: with our audience. Thank you very much for having me. This is great. And I hope you're still speaking to me after I chose the UK over Canada. Mm -hmm.
0: Of course. Of course. Yeah. Thank you so much, Juliet. I really appreciate you going through in more depth the the fit out uh, model that you created. You know, it's always great to have someone who who literally created something themselves. They're really passionate Mm -hmm. about it. They want to share it with you. And they've got, you know, valid reasons for why they've done it and how it works. So thank you very much for that.
2: Thank you. (laughs) best way for us to find out if we are giving you, our listener, the value of your time by helping you think differently so you can do differently is if you write a review and give a rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on.